beyond infinity. So, John, you know, this is a bit of a question that uh, a lot of uh, countries and uh, regulators around the world are, are looking at. We talked recently about the UK, UK, Parliament, yeah, yeah. UK parliamentary report, the Disinformation and Fake News Final Report, which was published and it's available on uh, parliament.uk if you want to have a look at that for yourself. We did talk about it. It's on our website, beyondinfinity.com.au. But further to that, I guess, is you know, how do you crack down on uh, right-wing extremists doing th- horrible and terrible things like uh, actually live-streaming a massacre mm. which resulted in 50 people being killed, yep. as happened in Christchurch recently, publishing a 74-page manifesto full of white supremacist hate and uh, memes and other things to try to, to kind of trick journalists and news services around the world to widen and broaden its dissemination. Mm. You know, it was emailed direct to various politicians, news outlets. In fact, I think it's been banned in New Zealand, the manifesto, and uh, the Prime Minister of New Zealand has vowed to not utter the name of the shooter. So we, we won't do that either. The whole idea is to really not give oxygen to these kinds of extremist well, some propaganda. Of the, some of the theories are that they part of the reason they do this is for notoriety. So if you take if you strip that away from them, then they don't get that notoriety. So yeah. there is no wins in this. But if there is anything that, that is a benefit, it's that they don't get that notoriety that they're seeking. And one of the things, and I'll be interested to hear your your thoughts as a tech expert. But one of the things that's being highlighted is that there were videos being posted by ISIS, the, the Islamic State, that were either recruiting actively recruiting people to go over there and fight for them in the Middle East mm-hmm. or there were beheadings there were all sorts of um, awful material that was actively removed this, and this is going back a few years yep. now so social media companies and governments and regulators and uh, intelligence organizations and media outlets they've all kind of got together and 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 had an effect on the amount of propaganda and how it was disseminated mm. using social media in the case of ISIS and one of the big criticisms is that they, they were too focused on that and they allowed uh, right-wing extremism to slip through their fingers mm-hmm. and to be um, overlooked. Mm-hmm. Certainly in the case of uh, the, the New Zealand shooter, arguably there were some warning signs. Apparently there were people at his shooter's club uh, just outside Dunedin who described you know, his behaviour as a bit odd. Mm-hmm. It was mentioned to the police and the police did nothing about it. You know, there may be other reasons why that, that guy slipped through the dragnet, if you like, or the safety net, which is hopefully there to try to, to catch these people and prevent these kind of things happening. And so there are calls for, um, for Facebook and YouTube and the like to, and Reddit to rein in the dissemination of this kind of stuff. So in the case of Facebook, it was live streamed. They acted pretty quickly. I think that within about 10 or so minutes of the live attack being posted from, from Christchurch, um, there were complaints going to Facebook and it was there were attempts started to be made to shut it down. And I think within the first 24 hours, there were one and a half million shares that were blocked through mm. Facebook. Yeah. And then what started happening is that, you know, it, it edited pieces of it were being posted so that uh, algorithms and, and um Automated, automated. There's um, a digital methods. signature that with basically you can look at what the content is through the the ones and zeros that create the um, you know the transmission of that file. Yep. That's the digital signature which was then was hunted down by their social networks. That's right. Yeah. But it's, but what were the what the people who wanted to get this out were doing um, very mischief, mischievously was to um, to edit it to make it shorter so yep. those algorithms couldn't pick it up. One of the big concerns that is going on is that. 
we see a lot of people talking online and there's sites, there's one called 4chan, for example, and that's where this particular uh, extremist had a lot of discussions going on. And I think the morning of the attack, he had posted the manifesto and he'd said, well, you know, keep an eye out for this. This is what I'm going to do. Uh, but there are many discussions that go on in some of the, the dark areas of the internet and 4chan is one of those areas. Only not all the pages of it, but just a, um, a, a couple of the you know areas. They call them boards, I think it is. Mm. And uh, th- there's a lot of hate speech that goes on, but it's generally when it's called out, it's generally talked about as being just jokes or it's never serious or it's um, a lot of trolling is what it is. So you know, some people see it as one of these, you know, memes, which is, you know, supposed to be fun and funny, even though they're talking about dis- disgusting, terrible things. Yet when they're called out on it, they're like, well, oh no, we didn't really mean that. It was, it was just a bit of fun. And so, you know, at what point does humour cross over the line into extremism? And how do you manage that so that you're not actually going from an extremist point and trying to take over what humour actually is? I don't think anything what they've said was funny or humorous, um, but to a small section of the community that do mean no harm, they think they should have the freedom to be able to say and do whatever. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, that some people that take it to that next level. So where, where, where is that? That grey area is quite large. Where mm. do you come in and how do you take control? That's right. And and what? how far do you go before you start being censorial or... or um, overly intrusive into freedom of speech. You know, that's one of the things we're trying to protect. And one of the things that's that's the last thing that anyone wants to see is for the world to bow to terrorism mm. and to close itself up and to not be an open society like New Zealand is yeah. or Australia is or a lot of other countries around the world in response to this kind of thing. So it is about trying to strike the right balance. According to a story on Vox.com, we'll include links on our website, they say that the alt-right has mastered the art of online trolling to distort what their actual message is so they can claim plausible deniability that their message is harmful or bad. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's what you were talking about before. It's a, it's a mixed message that's being put out there and it's being carefully worded so that there's deniability, so that there's an ambiguity. Some people will take what, what's intended out of it. Mm-hmm. Other people might not understand it. And, and as far as regulators are concerned, it's hard to be overly critical of it. And what tends to happen is that there are um, multiple different channels where these same people meet and they might have a public-facing channel, which could be Reddit or it could be 4chan or another network. Mm. And then they'll have private chats where they're actually communicating in there to talk about how to say something, what to say, what to promote right. or, or, or how to deride somebody. And and, mm. and so in there is where the strategy occurs. And then in the public face, that's when they're all unified as one. And then we see uh, you know teams of trolls getting together and then attacking ideas that they don't agree with. So mm. if they're extreme on the you know right wing, then they're going and attacking things on the left wing on the complete opposite side. Yeah. You know, apparently there's been a surge in online activity coinciding with the with a, a rise in real world hate, particularly in America. One study recently found that the number of far right terror attacks in America more than quadrupled over the first year of Donald Trump's presidency. This business of live streaming things on on Facebook. Now, of course, that's a powerful thing, particularly for for. I don't know, marketing for celebrities, for events. There's a whole lot of um, legitimate uses of that technology. But then, and we've reported on this, there's also been streamed suicides. There's been people jumping in front of trains Mm -hmm. and streaming it on Periscope or on Facebook Live. I think in France, we've we've covered this over Mm -hmm. the last few years. There's, you know, things like murders. We've seen just seen in Christchurch, child abuse, 
uh, Islamic State and right-wing extremism are all on social media and are very hard to control and stop. You know, there's even been examples on, on YouTube where the algorithm, you know, that the algorithm gone mad, if you like, has actually directed kids to to uh, comments posted by pedophiles. Now, this has all been cracked down on. But, yeah. And Facebook apparently employs tens of thousands of people to manually monitor these mm-hmm. things. But mm-hmm. how do you stop something in real time? You know, it takes you a while. You know, it might be seconds, but the damage can be done. If people have, if the right people have been tipped off, they've recorded it, then they can keep disseminating it. And this is exactly what happened with the Christchurch. There, there is event. no way that you can monitor or you know, take control of this without fundamentally changing what the internet is. Right. There is, because of the way that it's built, it was you know, originally created to be an open way to share information, to you know, access something that you want. Or, and, and that is the underlying issue that we face today. We have too much access and there's too, too many ways where things we don't want to see are put in front of our face. Yep. And, you know, from Wall Street's point of view, and this is the, this is the kind of the rub as far as these big companies like Google and Facebook, any issues like what we're talking about, um, you know, to regulate or to change the way social media platforms work, the effectiveness of their, al- their advertising algorithms and uh, AdWords and all the rest of it, all this stuff that can kind of be manipulated by bad actors, um, that has a huge impact on valuations that Wall yeah. Street puts on these companies. In other words, they're valued as highly as they are because of the, the power they have. Yeah. But if you start to regulate that, as we've seen with Facebook, you have massive changes in Def- Fund, if, look, if you can defund the platforms, if you can take the advertisers away because of hate speech or extremism, that can help to prevent uh, these 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 messages from you know getting out. Uh, it doesn't always happen. Sometimes there's you know private individuals that want to keep funding it. It is a difficult one. And then there's also the suggestion that's been made by Democratic candidate Senator Elizabeth Warren in the United States proposing the breakup of Google, Facebook, and Amazon. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.